And right now the old nature is ripping you up and down and putting you around the apartment. And you're the one in the closet, the real you, the you that follows Jesus, the you that is, is in the power of the Spirit. If you have been put out of the house and he reigns and rules there, the resurrection power of Jesus is available to bring freedom to you in the house and to put sin where it belongs. Here it comes. Like your word directs me to what's right And spurs me on right through the fight With the promise of new life Your word, oh God, your word to me Making me all that I need to be Your word, oh God, means the world to me The world to me Good evening, my name is John, and you're listening to A Word with God, and I'd encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, while we continue to go through an overall message staying called The Gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not ashamed of the Gospels, the tagline to it. Yes. And we've been going through this series for a while, we're going to continue going through it in the summer now, and uh, it, it's a very interesting series because we're, we're talking, Romans itself, I find to be really thick on biblical principles as a Christian yeah. and what we should be doing. Yeah. It, it, Paul t- takes this, you know, these first chapters and he builds theology out of them. And then he shifts from theology in about chapter 12 to practical application. How do, how do I live this out mm-hmm. now? So you know, we're right in the thick of the theology part and kind of he's really building towards some, some very climatic things. Uh, in regards to the gospel, in regards to salvation, and and what it means to be uh, to have this thing called the new nature operating in us. Yeah, and that's what we're going to be talking about today is the new nature specifically. Mm-hmm. Now, and it's one of the things I found interesting when we were going when we go going through these messages at church, and that is. What invariably happens is at the end you you say, "Does anybody have any questions?" And we have yeah. you know a little bit of a, a round table. And this is this is something that, by the way, I find very courageous of a pastor to do. Okay. Um, some pastors just like to say, "This is what I got out of this. Please don't ask me any questions because <laughs> I might not know the answer, and I don't want to look like I don't know the answer to yeah. something." Well, I'm used to not knowing the answer, so <laughs> you know? uh, I've, I've lived my whole life like that. But so. you're, but yeah, you're willing to, you're, you're, yeah. you're going through this, yeah. and and it's part of your journey as well. Right. I mean, this is absolutely, isn't, you know, you don't have. It's not like you wrote Romans. You can't, you can't show where you haven't gone. Yep. And so uh, every every week is to tear these things apart, rip scripture apart. Um, and, and that's really what it is. It's an intensive Bible study, and you study the Word of God, and, and I pass on to you some things that I've learned. It's nothing that you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do the exact same things that I do. It's studying the Word of God is not a mystery. It's not a puzzle that, that uh, is, is too complicated for us to be involved in, but every person who has the Holy Spirit living in them, who, who has given their heart to Jesus, can now enter into what does the Word of God say and some very simple things to learn on how to study the Word of God. And uh, now I can take it into my own life. And that's just what we do and pass on and encourage you to do on uh, uh, on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because, again, going back to, I think, what a lot of people think of church, they go, 
there's a select person who understands the mysteries of the gospel. But really, it is. It's meant for it's meant for everyone to learn from. Yeah. Now, interesting enough, Romans is something that I, I personally find a very deep mm-hmm. book of the Bible. It's yeah. very deep. It's very profound. There's there's information in there that literally I could you know you could go to one verse and all of a sudden you could stop there for a while mm-hmm. and just trying to figure yeah. out you know, what that means in your own life. It's the third leg of the stool of the study of who God is. And we've talked about this before, but Isaiah, Deuteronomy, and uh, Romans are the three major Hmm. books. If you had nothing else to work from, those three books together give us such a depth and an insight to who God is that uh, those are kind of the three legs of our stool. Okay. Uh, well, you know, let's get going in the message, and then at the end, we'll we'll wrap up with some questions. Then. Okay. How many people do you know who are a part of the world's the fellowship of the miserable? How many people in church are part of the fellowship of the miserable? I mean, if you're part of the fellowship of the miserable, I would say, you know what? You need to ask some questions. Because Jesus has promised you joy in your life. He has promised you a new beginning. He has promised you that he will never leave you, forsake you, no matter what comes your way, that you will be able to rejoice and give thanks in all things. That's bizarre. The world does not understand that. The world does not get that. But if the Spirit of God is in you, you do. You understand what I'm talking about. Because he's taught you. Verse 10, if Christ is in you, though the body, or I would say even though the body is dead, even though the old nature is dead, even though I'm dying and dying, I would die, Scripture says. It means to breathe its last. It's because of sin. It's because of sin Yet, the spirit is alive. And so in the old you is the old nature, hopefully in the closet down in the bottom of the basement with little territory. So there is death reigning. There is death in, not reigning, but death in and operating, but constrained and contained. Even though there's death there, there is life. Because the spirit of the living God is at work in you, changing you, moving you, molding you, shaping you, speaking into your life, speaking into who you are. I've been thinking about this death thing, verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, means the tabernacle, means the lodge, set up residence, we know the Father is on the throne. We need know Jesus is on the right hand, ever making intercession for you. It's the Holy Spirit who is in you. I was thinking about the power to stop death. We don't see that only twice in the Old Testament, in the in Scripture, maybe three times. Do you remember who the first person that was able to escape death? Enoch, correct. And the second person was Elijah. Now, there's some debate over Moses. Some think, you got the passage in Jude, talks about disputing over Moses' body. Some think Moses got zipped up too. That's an iffy. I, I wouldn't put his name there, but that's a maybe. 
Well, I thought, well, if only two people out of the billions of people, I mean, statisticians would tell you, you haven't got a really good shot at this not dying thing. You're probably going to die. She's only 29, she says, but she's still going to die someday. What about the power to resurrect? Does it take more power to keep somebody alive or more power to bring them back? And I'm thinking about, well, who's been resurrected? I got, I've come up with nine. Nine people have been resurrected. We have Elijah. Do you know who he resurrected? Widow, son at Zerapheth. Okay, you guys don't have that one. First Kings 17, 17. Then Elisha gets two because he asked for a double portion of his spirit. So Elijah raises one dude, Elisha. Jah comes before Sh. So if you got to remember who came first, Elijah, Elisha comes second. And so he raises um, a young boy in 2 Kings 4, 32 to 37. The other one's kind of bizarre because you're like, you're not going to get this, Thorna, but like they're having a fight, marauding bands are coming in, and Elisha's grave is there open. One guy's killed, and they go, we need to ditch this guy and get out of here. They throw the guy on top of Elisha, and he jumps up alive. And so Elisha scared him to life, or I don't know what happened there, but the bones, as soon as he touched the bones of Elisha, he's back up, and he's... And he's He's uh, really going for it. We move next to Jesus, and the first is a Jewish official named Jarius, his daughter. That's in Mark 5. We have the widow of Nain. We have her son. And, um, okay, this is freaky, but Jesus just touches the coffin. Now, what, I don't know what a coffin looked like back then or whether the guy was rolled up in a sack. It doesn't matter. Up he comes, and, and he's like, okay, I, I used to have a contract to, to mow a graveyard um, when my son John was like 10, maybe even a little younger. And one night we were there to dark mowing and whitting. We were, it was a, one of those long, narrow graveyards, and we were at the very back, and it got so dark you couldn't see the car at the front. And he's like, Dad, I think, I think we need to get going now. And I said, just a little bit more. And, and, and it gets really weird in a graveyard at night. And uh, as you're whipping and you see sparks from the tractor come out and it kind of makes shadows and things. And it doesn't take long for your brain to get a look. But, you know, tell you what, funeral procession, I've not been in too many where the people just sat up and went, hey, um, I'm back. That's kind of freaky. I'm not sure I'd want to be there. Peter, we know Tabitha. She dies in Joppa in Acts 9, 36 to 42. Okay. The next one, none of you should complain. You never, none of you have died from my preaching, all right? None of you have died. Paul is preaching, and it's the uh, middle of the night, and there's this kid in the third floor window. It falls asleep, rolls out the window, gets killed. I have never had anybody die while I'm preaching yet. Paul raises him back to life, and I, if you do, I don't know if I could, I, 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 I could pray for you, but I have not had a great success rate of praying for people to come back to life. God's never put that on my heart to pray for somebody to come back to life. So you better pay attention and don't fall out the window. Um, yes, John 11 and Jesus. I'm going to make a point later on on that, but each of those places, other than Jesus, each of those places somebody 
called a person to life. The Holy Spirit in the tomb called Jesus back to life. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Who raised him from the dead? Holy Spirit. Will also, in the same way, give life, that's resurrection life, very interesting word, to your mortal bodies through, by means of, his spirit who dwells in you, who tabernacles in you, who resides in you. Hi, I'm Stan, your teacher at A Word with God. I hope you've been enjoying our series in the book of Romans. And if it's kind of piqued your interest about becoming a follower of Jesus, or maybe you're just interested in checking out church another time, uh, we would invite you to join us at Evangel Community Church in Kitchener, Ontario. John, why don't you tell folks how to find us? Yeah, we're at uh, 112 Spadina Road West here in Kitchener. And we have two services on Sunday, one at 9 and one at 11.15. Love to see you come out for that. Let's close it up. The power of a changed, a resurrected life does not come from yourself. You you know that. You've tried hard. You've made resolutions. You've done everything you can, and you could not change your life. You can't. It does not come from oneself. Each of the resurrection scriptures had a power source outside of the one being resurrected, an agent. Only Jesus did not. And the Father commanded him to come forth, and he came forth. And the Holy Spirit calls the resurrection power of Jesus Christ into your life today. First of all, if you do not know him, if you have not given your life to him, if you have not submitted yourself before him, he stands and he calls and he calls to you for the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to be released in your life. Number two, if you are his follower. And right now the old nature is ripping you up and down and putting you around the apartment. And you're the one in the closet, the real you, the you that follows Jesus, the you that is, is in the power of the Spirit. If you have been put out of the house and he reigns and rules there, the resurrection power of Jesus is available to bring freedom to you in the house and to put sin where it belongs. The power source is dead. Each of those people, I mean, John, I mean, Lazarus could have sat there and said, I I just don't feel like coming out. It's warm in here. It's sunny. It's a hot day. It's cool in the cave. I I like these new clothes that I've got on. I think I'm just going to stay. No, he came forth. And God calls you to come forth into his world and into the life that he has for you. Into your workplace, into your school place, into your home. Wherever you go, the life-giving power of the resurrected Jesus is available to you, and he calls to you to enter in. He calls to you. The one who brings resurrection life is the Holy Spirit, and if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't have resurrection life. If you have the Spirit, you have, an, you have to answer the call to 
be released from death. He's calling you to rise up. He's calling you to life. He's calling you to get up out of the grave of death that it would no longer have a grip on you because he loves you. And he gave everything for you that you would follow him with all that you are and all that you have from a heart of love. Okay, so Stan, it's interesting. I mentioned this at the start a little bit, but in when we're at church and we're going, you're going through the message, it just seems to happen, especially in Romans, that someone kind of wants to get to the end point of, of, yeah. of parts of Romans. And again, mm-hmm. like you said, part of it right now is theology, and then the next yeah. part would be practical. So all of a sudden somebody says, t- in when we've been going through Romans, they say, okay, now, well, what happens in this particular situation? Mm-hmm. And like I said, the nice thing is for you, you do plan ahead of time what the mm-hmm. messages are going to be like. So you can mm-hmm. say, in three weeks from now, we will be covering that. Yeah. Just hold on. Mm-hmm. Keep that thought there. We will be coming back to it. Right. But it's just kind of funny how that works in Romans. In Romans mm-hmm. specifically, people are, are looking to find out the practical application as yeah. quick as possible. Yeah. So I, anyways, I thought that was kind of interesting. But what I, what I want to go through is, and you mentioned resurrection power in this message, mm-hmm. and it's a term that I think people could easily get confused about. What what does that mean, resurrection power? Hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's the difference between white-knuckling it through and uh, I mean, you've you've all you know you kind of heard the heard the thing of like like don't think of a pink elephant, and yeah. that's and so then you white knuckling it would be like like just trying and trying as hard as you can not to think about the thing that you want to think about, flip that into sin, mm-hmm. trying not to do the sin that that may easily beset you or, or entrap you. And so instead of white knuckling it, that means me working hard, me trying harder, me being more repent. It's the idea that now that Jesus, and we've, we've had this thing that he died, I died. Mm-hmm. He was buried. I, was, I buried. was buried. He was raised to newness of life. And we are raised to newness of life. Mm-hmm. And we've been kind of getting that into our heads that now this resurrection power, this new power source in my life to be the man, to be the woman that God has always called me to be, now does not come from within me. It's not me trying harder. It's not me wrestling to be a better person. But now Jesus' power, his life, the power of the Holy Spirit that allowed Mm -hmm. him to walk in the same way that he's called us to walk, the same power that allowed him to live without sin, to live pleasing to the Father, that is now available to me because now the Holy Spirit takes up residence in my life, begins to live through me, in me, change my thinking, change my heart from the inside out. And I'll, now it's, it's that resurrection power, that power of the Holy Spirit that I have operating in my life because Jesus has died in my place. He has given me of his spirit. And now that same spirit is at work in my life, changing me. And I no longer have got a white knuckle grip on life trying to do better. Mm -hmm. I can live in freedom. I can live with a sense of calmness and peace that God's working in me and through me and changing me. So, okay. So, and and when I think of, the Jew, the Jews before, 
becoming Christians, mm-hmm. the ones that are in the church in Rome that we're talking about. Yeah. They would have had to white knuckle a lot of different things in life, right? That's what keeping a law was, is white knuckling. Yeah. And, and I mean, part of what they had at that point to help them out was there were miraculous events that were going on mm-hmm. through there. Mm-hmm. Red Sea parting, you know, manna, everything else that kind of goes along with that. Yeah. So when it came to when Jesus came, what happened was that was infused into people, that sort of power, that miraculous part of that mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. So now say as an example, okay, as a Christian right now, how can I tell whether I'm white knuckling it or whether I've sort of given that over to Jesus? Because I, I, I know for myself, there'll be times where I just, and, and I've actually started using your term white knuckling in my own, in my own life. Right. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, this one, I was white knuckling it. Yeah. I realized that. Unfortunately, I realized it later than I would have liked. Mm-hmm. So is there a way for us to kind of know for white knuckling? Is it just looking down at your hands and going, oh yeah, my, <laughs> my hands are knuckled, right? They're white, right? But is there a way of knowing that? Um, I think white knuckling maybe have a, has a few things attached to it. One is busyness. Mm-hmm. I'm pursuing it. It's not that we don't pursue God, but um, busyness of trying to be versus resting and, and having it. The scripture talks about God's spirit being like a spring of living water coming up inside of me. And, um, and if you've ever seen, there's a, there's a place in Durham that has a, a, about a 30-inch culvert sunk into the ground. And the water bubbles up. It's a cold. You, you cannot hold your hand in for more than about 50 seconds. It's so mm. cold. You're, you're, you get that pins and needles icy feel to it. But the water just wells up in there. And it's not like it's being pumped. Difference between that and a fire hydrant where there's pressure and a pump and, mm-hmm. and, and that water, you can't even hardly get the cap off and it blows out. That's, that's white knuckling it. So if my life is busy, if it seems pressure, am I under pressure to do this? Or is it coming, I don't say coming easily, but it's, it's flowing out of my life. And so now sin is... It's, it's accompanied with godly sorrow. That's the evidence mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Worldly sorrow is, I got caught. Worldly sorrow is, this is painful right now. I'm embarrassed. I'm whatever. Godly sorrow is like, what have I done? How, how have I offended my God in this? How have I offended Him by my actions? How have I not been... Um, thankful how have i not so it's more in relationship to him Hmm. i'm concerned about my relationship not my status and what people are going to see in me i think when we begin to lose that and we it's more about my relationship with god there's an evidence that the the power of of the holy spirit that resurrection power is flowing in me if i'm just digging harder trying hard and, and there's that that angst there there is another part of scripture talks about resting in him right if you are white knuckling it you, you can't rest in him because you're you're so into you being the one who does this you being the one who is is generating the power to to overcome it that's not that's not living through resurrection power. Jesus is the one providing the power. That's the difference, I think, John. Yeah, you know, I, I like I like how you're saying that because, and there is, there's a piece of coming 
to letting God have that, letting, letting go, so to speak. You know, I, I think of that, you know, that saying, letting, let go and let God, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, now for me, one of, one of the areas I found for myself was that, you know, I'll start talking about something that's going on, a struggle or, or, um, an issue that's going on that I'm trying to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I actually had this happen a little while ago and, uh, I was talking to my mother on the phone. I said, here's what I'm going through and here's, here's the different options I have and I'm mm-hmm. laying them different out. I'm laying mm-hmm. them out and here's how I'm progressing through that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she said, and all of a sudden it, it, it hit me was she said, so have you prayed about it yet? Huh. And all, and, and, and when she said that, mm-hmm. bang, it hit me. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. And, and I think this is part of letting God to be in control of this, mm-hmm. of course, is saying, yeah, God, you're in control of this. I am mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And when we release the problem, we mm-hmm. release the pressure, yeah. so to speak, at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one other question I had for you, and, and while we're going through this, is, is and, and you talked about this for, with resurrection power, is the idea that resurrection power frees us from sin and kicks the sin out of our house. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of this idea of, you know, kind of a, a zombie that's sort of taken over the house and now mm-hmm. you can kind mm-hmm. of kick it out. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it ever sort of really gone out of the house? Is sin gone mm-hmm. for good, you know, yeah. it, or is it just somewhere we have yeah. to kind of minimize it as much as possible? That was actually one of the questions that we dealt with after, uh, after the main part of the message that had mm-hmm. come up that week. And, uh, is there's a whole group out there saying that, that, um, because of grace, you no longer have the zombie in the house. And um, and as I've read through Scripture, uh, I've not seen that because that would mean that we would be sinless. Then, if the if the if the if the old nature is totally gone, and that's mm-hmm. really what they're talking about: old nature versus new. If the old nature were totally gone and it was just the new nature, then we'd be without sin. And Scripture is very clear that that even though we are followers of Jesus Christ, we we still deal with the old sin nature. And what we were talking about in that analogy there is is like limit, like like keep him in the closet. Like mm-hmm. don't give him full rent. Keep the old nature is is as tight a place as possible. Actually, meaning that he the old nature doesn't have control over my life anymore. And very limited, and very, and always pressing to uh, to keep him penned in, and uh, the new nature in control of more and more of my house. Now we're not talking the physical house, but right. the house of my being. Not even just my physicality, as we talk about our body being the temple of the Holy Spirit, but in my house, the idea there is my body, my spirit, my mind, all the things around me that now. I every day I'm pursuing Jesus that the this new nature would have more and more control and power over more and more real estate in my life. Okay. Yeah, and and again when I'm thinking about it, I think that when when you say to someone as an example, there is no sin left, you know, in my life, it is gone. That's where all of a sudden that can be some of the worst sins because mm-hmm. now you're masking what's going on in your life there's uh you know you're you're saying one thing and and you're actually doing another at the same time well everyone thanks for joining us this evening uh again we're going to continue going through romans next week and we're going through a new part of a a new message in this in this series that we have so we'd uh, invite you to join us join us for that and as always remember don't end your day without a word with god Oh
Of new life.